Hello and welcome. We are on the Revival Road with evangelist Chance Walters. If you are new to the podcast, each week we will upload a new message taken from one of our ministry opportunities from all over the world. Our prayer is that the Word of God would challenge you and change you, conforming you into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For more information, to give or to send in prayer requests, go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. And now, here is evangelist Chance Walters. We hope you enjoy the program. It all comes down to this one thing. Let me borrow your mind for a minute. It all comes down to this. You know the scenario. Three seconds left in the fourth quarter. The home team is down by two. The coach calls a timeout and sends his field goal kicker onto the field. The team takes their positions. The referee blows the whistle. The ball is snapped. The kick is up. It's good. The crowd goes wild. At least half the crowd because the other half leaves in utter defeat. It all comes down to this. You've been carrying around this engagement ring for weeks now, if not months. You know that you want to ask her to marry you. She's the love of your life. You have it all planned out. The special place, the perfect song, the perfect dress, a live band, You've written your vows. Now it's go time. You take a knee. You get lost in her eyes. You take the plunge. You stutter as you hold back the tears. And you ask her to marry you. What does she say? Shut up. <laughs> no, that's Casey's answer. I'm so sorry. It all comes down to this. You haven't been feeling well for a while, and the doctor's been trying to figure it all out. They've run some tests to see if they can see what's wrong. You've been waiting now for what seems like years, but it's only been a few days. And now you're back at the doctor's office because he wants to deliver the news face to face. It seems like your whole life hangs in the balance because you know that those test results could reveal a major turning point in your life. Is anybody with me today? It all comes down to this. You've waited for that 20-week ultrasound. It seems like you can't wait any longer. You just want to know if it will be pink or blue or maybe even two. The ultrasound technician does her magic and boom! What a great day for a new mom and dad. It all comes down to this. I could keep going. Is the bank going to give me the loan to build my dream house? Am I going to have enough money to make it through the month? It all comes down to this. This is a phrase that points to a very critical time in life when the pendulum could swing either way, yes or no, boy or girl, win or lose life. Or death, it all comes down to this. In other words, this is what you've been waiting for. And today, as we celebrate the risen Christ, I want you to know that this Passion Week, Resurrection Sunday, every day, is a moment, okay? 
This is the most important event in the history of the world. This is what we have been waiting for. And this is what the Bible describes in Luke 24, Matthew 28, Mark 16, John 20. You see, the Bible says in the mind of the early church, in the mind of the 12 disciples, it had all come down to this. And I want you to hear the words straight out of the Bible in Luke chapter 24. The Bible says, On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. And they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened, they bowed low to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the th- and on the third day he would arise. And they remembered these words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all of the rest of the early church. Verse 10, Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. I want you to see two realities about the resurrection. Number one, the resurrection is the single most important event that has ever occurred. The birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is a story that changed the world forever. Yes, Jesus' birth was normal, but it was also unique. You see, Jesus was born just like you and just like me. He was born of a woman. His mother went through the normal process of pregnancy and delivery. But simultaneously, Jesus' birth was totally unique. He wasn't just born of a woman. He was born of a virgin. He was totally untainted by the sin nature that each of us inherit at birth. Yes, Jesus was fully man. Jesus was fully God. He was stripped of His divinity as He stepped into our humanity. And He lived a life of stresses and struggles just like you and just like me. See, we do have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, yet He was without sin. Therefore, we can come boldly before His throne of grace, knowing that we are going to obtain mercy to help us in our time of need. And see, this gives us a reason to celebrate. His birth was normal, but very unique. His death was normal. According to the culture of Rome, the government would crucify an average of three to four people a day to implement fear in the hearts of the people. 
Therefore, Jesus wasn't the first person to be crucified by Rome, and he certainly was not the last. Jesus was crucified between two criminals the day he died, but simultaneously, his death was totally unique. For in his death, he paid the price for your sins and for my sins as he satisfied the judgment of God and purchased the salvation for all who will turn to him in faith. See, friends, it all comes down to this, his resurrection. Now, that's normal, right? Well, sort of. I mean, we don't see too much of this going on today. But as you study the Gospels, you quickly realize that Jesus was not the only one who was raised from the dead. Read your Bible. It seems everywhere Jesus went, he interrupted a funeral. He became famous as he turned funerals into festivals because he raised so many people from the dead. He even took it a step further to empower his disciples to do the same. So even his resurrection could be slightly normal, okay? But I want to be clear. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was completely and totally unique. Everyone else that was raised from the dead died again. Resurrection is only temporary. The death percentage is 100%. One per person, but not Jesus, his resurrection was final and completely complete. There's nobody like Jesus. He holds the death, does he not? He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. The devil is so defeated, he doesn't even have the keys to his own house. There's four major religions in the world. Buddhism, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity each rest on a historical personality, Buddha, Muhammad, Abraham, and Jesus Christ. Over the tomb of Buddha, you can write occupied. He's still here. Over the tomb of Muhammad, you can write no vacancy. Abraham would say, I'm so sorry, there's no room left in the end. However, over the tomb of Jesus, you can write, he is not here. And to borrow the infamous words of Gabriel, he is not here. He has risen from the grave emphatically, triumphantly. This man, I'm telling you, this is not a fairy tale. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not a cynical dream. No, Jesus road victorious and glorious he is the only one who has a biography known to man that does not end with death burial and decay friend this is the good news I heard a story one time about a Sunday school teacher who wanted to teach the kids in her class an inver- a very important lesson. So she got three jars and put several earthworms in each jar. And in one jar, she poured alcohol. In the other jar, she put cigarette smoke. And in the last jar, she put sugar. She took those jars to her class and showed the kids... In each of those jars, every single worm died. And she asked her class, who can tell me the lesson that we can learn from these few worms in these three jars? And one little boy stood up with great assurance and said, 
If you drink a lot, smoke a lot, and eat a lot of candy, you won't get worms. <laughs> what does this have to do with the resurrection? I'm not sure. I just like the story. But it seemed that that little boy missed the point. And today, I don't want you to miss the point. It all comes down to this. Jesus Christ is alive. He's real. He's the Son of God. The resurrection is the crowning event in God's redemptive history. It's the cornerstone of Christianity. It's the core of the gospel. It's the guarantee of heaven. This is the message of the Bible. Death does not end the existence of anyone. It's just the gateway into eternity. And the resurrection is a pledge and a promise that whosoever believeth in Him, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, shall be raised from the dead to dwell with God forever in a place called paradise. And the resurrection is so powerful that it is completely dominates the New Testament scripture narrative from the book of Acts all the way through Revelation. See, the resurrection is not an epilogue or some kind of post-manuscript. No, when it comes to the life of Christ, those who believe in Him will live This is the hope of heaven. And when Jesus breathed his last breath, this was just the beginning of all the divine benefits of walking by faith. Jesus was the first fruit of the Father's will. Which brings me to point number two. This is the most important decision that you will ever make. Not only is this the most important event that has ever occurred, but it's also the most important decision that you will ever make. See, it all comes down to this. In life, we are faced with a choice to believe the Scripture in faith and experience a completely transformed life, to say the least, or turn away in disbelief. These two choices represent the best or the worst decision that you will ever make. In Luke 24, verses 9 through 12, the women who heard of the resurrection ran to announce it to the men. And I want to make a mental note that the first Easter message was preached by Mary Magdalene, a former former prostitute. Let that marinate for a minute. These women went to tell it to the world. In other words, they believed and they went out to tell everybody. But tragically, in that moment, the men didn't immediately believe. And this happens all the time. But I love this. Verse 12 says, They did not believe, but Peter did. Now follow me. Simon Peter is connected to a crowd who doesn't believe, but he suddenly grabs a hold of the revelation that this is right, and he begins to run to the tomb. And a friend follows. It was John, the one who Jesus loved. And Simon Peter says yes, and his friend, his family, his co-worker in the kingdom says yes too. Come on, let's go see the place where his body lay. I love this. 
one man says yes, and it's like a, a domino effect. It falls to the next person and to the next person. And suddenly the other men believe also, meaning it doesn't matter who you're connected to. I'm telling you, God can pluck you out of darkness and, and transfer you into the kingdom of light. It all comes down to this. You have a decision to make. One day a young man was on his way to visit a friend named John who lived on a farm. He entered the farm and began to meander up the road that led to his friend's house. And on the way he passed by a barn. And as he got close to the barn, he stopped and saw something that left him very perplexed. On the barn was 12 targets. In the middle of each target was a bullseye, and in the middle of each bullseye was a hole. So someone had used the barn for target practice, and however it came to pass, somebody was obviously a professional sniper. There was no other holes on the barn except the holes in the middle of the bullseye. Certainly very hard for this man to believe. So as he started up the road, headed to the house, he was met by John and he quickly said, before we do anything, I've got to ask you, who in the world shot the targets on the side of the barn? And John, he so humbly said, it was me. I did. I shot the shots. And the man looked surprised and said, now wait a minute. There's 12 targets with 12 holes, one in each bullseye. So you mean to tell me you did that? Yep, I made every shot, he said. So where in the world did you learn to shoot like that? John proceeded to smile and said, well, it's, it's really simple. I shot first, then I drew a picture of a picture around the target, around every hole. I shot first, then I drew a perfect picture of the target around every hole. And when I heard this story, I thought a lot of us are just like John. Maybe we know the right words to say. Maybe we know how to dress up for church. Certainly really nice on Easter. But it's not that we've hit the bullseye. We've just learned to paint a good picture. See, it's possible to go through the motions in life and to not be truly living for Jesus. This is a big stone, but... It's become the norm to have an outward appearance of godliness when our hearts are truly far away from God. Who are we following? Who's leading our life? If this describes the current condition of your heart, you have a choice to make today. And it's the most important decision that you will ever make. Friends, family, ministry partners, it all comes down to this. This is a moment that can drastically change the trajectory of your life. In fact, this can change everything. It's the gospel. The perfect and sinless Son of God agreed, according to the will of His heavenly Father, to come and die a gruesome death on a cross to reconcile humanity back to his heart. And this is the key. You must believe upon him. But secondly, you've got to repent from your sins, the things that are keeping you from living the life 
that Jesus is asking you to live. See, His resurrection offers us salvation. Therefore, we are compelled to make the right choice. Come, see the place where His body lay. And I pray that we would respond with repentance and faith. It all comes down to this. This is that moment that separates victory from defeat, peace from depression, life from death. And this is a story that is attached to our history. One day, General Wellington was leading the victorious forces at the great battle of Waterloo that virtually defeated Napoleon, the man who led the French Revolution. And the story has been told that when the battle was over, the Duke of Wellington sent the good news of his victory to England. How did he do it? A series of stations, one within sight of the next, had been established to send code messages between England and the rest of the country. Therefore, in that moment, the message was Wellington defeated Napoleon at Waterloo. So this was the message. Meanwhile, in the midst of sending the message, a fog began to set in. And eventually, this fog interrupted the final message. As a result, the people who lived in the land only heard the news of Wellington's defeat. Wellington defeated the first half of the message. However, three days later, the fog cleared and the full message continued, which was quite different from the outcome that the people originally thought had happened. What was the full message? Wellington defeated Napoleon at Waterloo. And the same is true today. When many look at what happened on Good Friday, the death and the bloody sacrifice of Christ, they only see defeat. Yet on Easter Sunday morning, God's message was completed with these words, Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave. Did you know the resurrection spells victory? V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Victory is our battle cry. Jesus Christ defeated the enemy forces, and for those who repent and believe, they are the ones who are truly set free. Can I get one or two witnesses to come and see where his body lay? It all comes down to this. I would rather have Jesus and the peace that only he can give than a billion dollars in the bank. This is our history. This is our victory. Can everybody say it all comes down to this? This program was made possible by the generous partners and friends of Chance Walters Ministries International. Until next time, we are on the Revival Road. For more information, 
Download our free ministry app or go to our website at www.chancewalters.org. Indeed, the best is yet to come.